0: This is the She's Cracked podcast. You can find it on Podbean. Subscribe, listen, check it out. Cracked, cracked. Crack, crack. Hey, hey, hey everyone, I'm Michelle. You are listening to the She's Cracked podcast. Thanks for tuning in again. Well, I'm hoping that you've listened to some of the previous ones. If not, Check out this fabulous podcast and all of today's reference materials on she'scracked.podbean.com. Please subscribe. You can do that on Podbean or via iTunes by searching the iTunes podcast for She's Cracked. This episode is going to include a lot of reading material, so if you check the episode details, I would love to get your feedback on some of the resources I've posted, and I hope they can be helpful to you. So today's episode is gonna be accompanied by a Cabernet called 19 Crimes. It's apparently a winery in Australia. I have no idea, I've never seen it before. I bought it for the label and the name, so I'll have to get back to you on how I feel about it. It has a fairly high rating online, so we'll see about that. First off, let's see, I wanna share my current Audible pick. I am listening to the Daryl McDaniels memoir, so Daryl McDaniels, a.k.a. The King of Rock, a.k.a. DMC from the legendary Run DMC. I really hope I didn't have to explain that. Uh, his work is called Ten Ways Not to Commit Suicide, a memoir. I'm going to add a link to his book as well as to a couple great features and articles about him in the episode details. I, I picked this out because I admire and relate to him for a number of reasons, obviously not being, you know, globally famous, and for a number of reasons, I have the utmost respect for his outspokenness on mental health, dealing with emotions and thoughts in a healthy way, and his ongoing work with foster kids. If you don't know, if you don't know, Daryl is a co-founder of Camp Felix in New York, which provides over 200 kids a chance to experience a youth summer camp each summer. And he's really one of my favorite examples of rising from the ashes of our own personal hell to use our struggles and our successes in a way that gives back to and improves the world. Personally for me, if you're out there solely to make money and blow money and that's it, and all be all purpose, I really don't wanna know you and I don't consider that success. So moving on. Uh, I noticed in a lot of these episodes I use random metaphors. Uh, The first episode was hot coffee, Uh, last episode was a lot of seeds and trees and growing and then random car stuff. I guess I'll always have kind of a car thing because it runs in our DNA. So for the first topic on this episode I'm going to use the pretty tired metaphor of mountains. I don't really use metaphors to be that deep or to be cliche or to make some you know, Instagram spiritual motivational quote, but I do believe that they're helpful. Uh, when we see that we can relate our behaviors and thoughts to physical actions or tangible situations, we are a lot more likely to recognize those behaviors and thoughts and go, whoa, that doesn't work, or this is so much easier this way, why would I do it that way? In episode one with the hot coffee example, the idea of just dropping a cup of hot coffee all over the floor seemed ridiculous, but if we're looking at some of our behaviors in that way, we might realize we kind of do that with some stuff. Maybe we even do that all the time, so we could probably benefit and have less mess to clean up when we stop dropping our shit everywhere or trying to hand it to someone whose attention or motive is elsewhere. So this is tied into my first concept of the value martyr. I made up this term for the sake of discussion. This is something to check yourself on and look out for in your personal and professional relationships and the path that you're taking. For the value martyr, what this means to me is when we have or create something of value, whether that's a process, an end product, or time and efforts, we want to share that and oftentimes we want reciprocal behaviors. There is an important concept of detachment from the outcome, but we do need some replenishing and receiving in order to continue to function if we're constantly putting value or effort and time out there. Work, relationships, friendships to an extent all have some transactional quality about them. We spend time with people we enjoy, so we exchange time for joy. A lawyer goes to law school, sits for the bar in exchange for a license to practice law we exchange time or money for goods and services all the time, this idea is not new. Almost everything we look at has a basic transactional quality to it. We take in oxygen and we put out carbon dioxide, but don't get too stuck on the material aspect of exchange, you know, with money for goods and services, it's the behavioral aspect that's gonna be most important in this example. The receiving in the Value Martyr Exchange could be one of the most important feelings that we have as social animals, and that is the feeling of appreciation. In a professional sense, when we create something that we have assigned a value, either the time it took us to create it or the quality of our thoughts and our efforts, the effect or improvement we believe it will have on some kind of process, we wanna share this with our employer, our boss, our team. That's fantastic, that's how teams grow, how leaders develop, how we implement new systems or new process improvements. Where the value martyr behavior runs into an issue is when we continue to create something that has a value to us and we keep trying to provide it where that boss or that team or that organization doesn't necessarily want what you've created or their immediate need or problem in a business sense lies elsewhere. This can vary by organization, but the obstacles can be anything from not having the budget, not having that really that goal in their KPIs for the year, to the more frustrating situations like a resistant management mindset, red tape if you work in a larger organization, reluctance to change. Sometimes we don't immediately recognize what those objections are, or we can't immediately see that it's not personal or about the value that we have created. So what we will do is continue to push that value because it's our labor of love, but it becomes this heavy boulder. We're trying to push it up a mountain that has no summit for us. It has no resting place because that mountain you're climbing doesn't have a need for the particular boulder you're pushing. I told you this metaphor was to be really, really bad, but what this leads to is exhaustion, right? The boulder crashing back down the hill onto you and crushing you, you know, throwing you back down to the base of the mountain. So, I can tell you this does not get better and it does not change quickly. However, you can do a few things about it to ensure you are climbing the right mountain that will allow you to rest, check out your horizon and then ascend to that next level. First, you can develop a hobby or a consulting side hustle and offer this value where you know for sure it can be of use to a particular set of people with a particular problem that you have just solved. Secondly, you could ask for the objections and the time it will likely take to come around in your current organization so that you can determine whether or not to shelf your effort or continue your pursuit within your current organization. But I would say one warning here is don't say you're gonna accept the reasons and that timeline if you're not truly going to commit to understanding and being okay with that because you're just gonna stay frustrated trying to push that boulder up the wrong mountain. That part does not change. A third option is to take all the above reasons for objection or resistance and locate where the actual need is within your current role or organization, and then adapt your efforts and that value to solve a present identified problem. The bonus here is that in solving their known problem, you will likely, I mean almost guaranteed, you're going to build yourself some credibility here that will allow you that space to propose other valuable ideas and projects that you want to work on And then lastly, your option here is to move on to another role or another organization or another relationship where the type of value you're creating is a better fit. If we ignore some of these options and continue to just keep pushing up the wrong mountain, uh, I think another term is barking up the wrong tree, we become value martyrs where all we are doing is carrying around the frustration and resentment of this giant boulder and our ideas or efforts are not being recognized. I can tell you from experience in building and overseeing team structures, this is one of the critical points where people disengage and become bitter. Personally, this is where people start to feel they are not having any purpose or agency in their work. It's not a good feeling to have, and it's not a good feeling in any kind of team or relationship you want to manage or build. The martyr mentality also subconsciously disconnects us from taking responsibility for our actions and our happiness. It becomes the thing that we are carrying around as our thing, which eventually that's our identity. This is the She's Cracked podcast. You can find it on Podbean. Subscribe, listen, check it out. A martyr complex is destructive behavior that keeps us in our suffering. It keeps us climbing the wrong mountain because we are convinced that we are right and no one is appreciating us. We do need to be realistic in the expectation of appreciation here. Everyone does have different needs and different communication styles. But when you're having the same recurring resistance or this mountain you're climbing with this huge heavy boulder has no end point and you're not adjusting your approach, I mean, what a waste of a bright mind and good value. I'm going to link some articles on how this also works in relationships, but the key takeaway is don't do it. (laughs) Know your worth, boo, value yourself. Know whether it really is worthwhile to stay the course or change your course, but do it with the full acceptance of what that entails. This leads into my next topic, that also comes up a lot in my field work. That is comparison, the danger of comparison. I'm gonna start this one off admitting it is really hard to get anywhere and see any value in what I've done when I compare myself to other people. I also started working at a very young age and then I got my first actual work permit at about age 12. So I absolutely have had times where I feel bitter or I feel behind if I am struggling with something that seems to just come easily to everyone else or was handed to somebody without any apparent need to work for that because I've never had a safety net or a backup plan. I know I'm not the only one who does this and I know I'm not nuts because I see this everywhere, even with really highly accomplished and high output individuals. I can almost guarantee that the need or instinct to compare is not something contained within our cellular structure. It's entered our life and our brains in some way, whether it was outside it influences, friends, family, colleagues, imagery, media, Instagram, you know, expectations, taking on family duties, I think I mentioned that uh, in the previous episode about taking on family duties at a young age, um, trying to ensure our survival in very extreme circumstances. Instagram actually, social, social media in general has absolutely intensified this habit of comparing, but it's really, really important to remember a few things the next time you catch yourself comparing. I actually tell these to myself, Okay, pretty often, Um, But it's really, really important to keep this in mind when you catch yourself doing that because that mindset is just, it's yucky and it's going to hold you back. So look out for this. Comparison comes from a place of lack, but that lack is not inherent to our beings and it's not necessary. It, It breeds resentment and it's not productive. Other people's lives are often tailored to show the good, especially on social media, not as often to show the bad and the ugly. Instagram people's picture feeds are curated representations that do not perpetuate when the cameras are turned off. Everyone got to where they are in a different way. Everyone has to get where they are going in their own way. But really remember, even if that way or that path was a trust fund or some kind of head start, it literally does not matter. The people who matter to your immediate success will see right through it, and many of the times that head start in life doesn't lead to more happiness. Remember that you are not other people, and other people are not you. Remember that when you are caught up in someone else's progress or their path, you can't see what's right in front of you. That means you're gonna miss that step ahead of you. You're gonna miss opportunities. You're gonna miss opportunities for self-awareness. You're going to feel lost you're going to fall because you're not looking where you're going you're looking where someone else is going you know it's like people on their cell phones that walk into street poles i actually laugh i might be a horrible person but i laugh when that happens if you notice a pattern here all of these are non-productive habits and they don't feel good it's one thing to sort of benchmark standards and know what your competition is in a marketplace but for your own personal growth focusing on other people or comparing yourself will not get you anywhere. I definitely suggest looking to mentors, looking for successful examples in your field of interest or about your particular obstacle or what you want to accomplish. Look to your general market trends and competition, but ultimately, to get anywhere, you need to be you and you need to do you. Quick note, if you are reading the unstuck article, which was, let's see, that was the danger of comparing ourselves to others. I just want you to know that quote that's attributed to Albert Einstein was not ever said or documented as being said by him, but it's still a very helpful quote. So, one surefire way to move away from comparison is one of my favorite things, and that is investing in yourself. This means invest in your physical health, your nutrition, Invest in your mental and emotional health. Invest in your professional aptitude, your skills, certifications. Invest in your personal relationships. Spend time, and not just time like sitting on your phones next to each other, invest quality, present, attentive time to the people that matter in your life. All of these things will fill you in ways that don't leave time to worry about what other people are doing, and they are much, much healthier. All of these things will naturally bring more experiences, more happiness, and more opportunities your way as well. So hell yeah, get to it. While we are talking about personal development and investing in yourself, one of the key, key qualities is accountability. I am going to link to The Oz Principle, which is one of my favorite books about accountability. Full title, The Oz Principle, Getting Results Through Individual and Organizational Accountability. And a lot of the individual focused topics, I think, are really important to understand what we do, why we do it, and then how to be accountable for it. This book is basically the Bible on accountability, and it works both in a professional and a personal sense. I usually end up with a few copies of these at my office. I tend to lend them out and then I'll buy another one and then I get them back. So I have a few copies floating around. This book is awesome. It's taught a lot in executive coaching and leadership development. And it was given to me by a prior supervisor who was an executive level member in a public company. It was like a $10 billion company. So this this book is no joke and it's really helpful to anyone trying to grow as a person and grow professionally. I appreciated receiving this book back then, so that's the primary reason I'm also sharing it with you now. I recommend checking it out if you're working on your career, you want to really develop your emotional IQ, or you're working on building a team or a project that's going to require a lot of resources and and timelines and and deliverables. So The most important thing to me though is that accountability is part of what I consider being a decent human being. And I'll be linking to a bunch of more articles on accountability as well. So you can find those in the episode details and they'll pop up over the next week or so on my Facebook page. You can check them out here you can check them out on my coaching page. But that is the episode for today and I hope this was helpful. Drop a comment, subscribe, check out she'scracked.podbean.com or search the iTunes podcast for She's Cracked.